Welcome back to the Going to Match podcast. Today I'm joined by a blue nose, Craig Fletcher. Fletcher's a massive Everton fan and a season ticket holder. Fletch, thanks for giving up your time today, mate, and thanks for coming on the podcast. No worries, mate. Good to be here. Okay, so obviously massive Everton fan, season ticket holder. Why? Uh, Why would just, you do that? <laughs> just my dad. My dad and granddad, they both supported Everton. Um, dad used to work on the boats going from over here to Liverpool. Um, so we used to go to the game a lot and then I've just been brought up the same and then when I was a kid it's quite lucky he brought me to six, seven games a season when I was little so seen plenty of them you still go to the game you still go to the game with your dad now don't you yeah mainly go with my dad Uh, we've both got a season ticket Um, sat together as well so it's good get to see a lot of shit with them (laughs) (laughs) I know like well majority of your time you've been going it has been quite hard really hasn't it yeah but imagine not been the best we will get there eventually. I mean, some seasons have been good, um, but it's one of them, isn't it? It's probably quite hard for your dad as well because he's probably seen like when you were good winning stuff at the time. I think you're probably bringing you through now. It's like bringing your son up and then not winning stuff, being pretty shit and having some good moments. But yeah. then he's obviously seen the good times, hasn't he? So Yeah, I suppose it's a positive for him though. I mean, I've seen us win nothing. Last time he won something, I was one. Yeah, yeah. And he's seen all that, but he's just one of them. Now, I think because he has seen it all, when we're getting beat 3 or 4 nil now, that's him. He walks out the room, mm. he's fuming. Um, and what it sounds like from what he's seen when he was younger. Yeah. Missed out on a lot, but. I suppose the moment then, eventually, he will win something or he gets to a final or whatever. When you do do it, it'll probably mean oh, it'll be a lot more, won't it? I was with him the other day and uh, he was saying. When we do win something, he'll cry. Like he generally said to me yeah. the other day. And I think I'll be the same, so he'll be sooner. Yeah, me and more, won't it? So, uh, what was your first match you went to? And what do you remember about your first match day experience? Well, it was against Arsenal. Dad took me. I haven't got a clue what happened. It's <laughs> too small. How old were you then? Um, I think I was about four or five. So, I don't remember anything off it. I just know we got beat. I know it was against Arsenal. Um, the first thing I do remember was... I've already told you David James catching a ball yeah. against I think it was either West Ham or Villa um, for my birthday game and that's the first thing I generally remember about footy at Goodison what was like the game that you actually like can remember bits from first game I generally remember the actual game was 1-0 Carsley against you boys really yeah what that's year was that 2004 to 5 I think it's the season we finished 4th it was that year then I think Gerard was wearing like 08 on the back of his shirt wasn't it like the City of Culture or something that year and I think he had 08 on the back of his shirt I can't remember uh, did he get sent off or something I can't remember the f- I generally remember it's the goal Carlsley yeah. scoring and everyone going mental and there's a big pile on for the celebration and that's the, <laughs> that's the first game of what a memory of an actual game it's not a bad game something. to be going to really is it that's the first game I can remember so going now what does the standard match day look like for you now and is there like any particular pubs that you go to before the match because even though that we share the same city and stuff, me being a red, I can't say I've like been up. I've seen Goodison, but I've never been like up around the ground or anything. So I've got no idea what's around there. Yeah, well, it's obviously a lot different. When I was a kid, I was quite lucky. My uncle at the time he knew a steward there at Goodison. Oh. This is when I was younger, and uh, used to get in. Used to let us um, where the players come in, like actually go into the gate where yeah, the, the boys parked and stuff. Oh, yeah, right. but it was actually in the stadium. So we got to meet Moyes, Ferguson, and that's all I wanted to do when I was a kid. I used to beg my yeah. dad, oh, take me to the game, and I want to go see the players. Yeah. Hated it when he was having a pint. <laughs> <laughs> um, but obviously it's changed a lot now, but that was obviously really handy, like going in there. I remember one time we weren't allowed in, that's the time I met Moyes. Oh, okay. And um, he was like, the steward, he was like, you're not coming in today. No one no one allowed, I've been told no one in. Moyes come past in his car, uh, parked up, and he said, what's that kid doing out there? And he made him open the gate, went in, had a picture, signed my shirt. Oh, belter. So, got me up, must have been about 14, I reckon, around that age. So, but obviously it's a lot different now. Um, normally, obviously boat playing. Yeah. And there's so many people over here that obviously go. Yeah, I've got so many fallen over here, haven't yeah. you? We've kind of got that look. I've said in like the previous podcast, so we're so lucky really, both yeah. our clubs, that we can just get the boat from the Isle of Man and just go over to the games. And You could literally just go on your own. Like yeah. you could get on the boat and you would know for a day trip and, on there. Yeah. but normally it's just that I normally do go with my dad to as many as I can um, we go yeah boat plane Weatherspoons um, in the just, city do you try, would you stay in town for a bit before you go up the ground we'd have a few pints and Weatherspoons etc before 
yeah. you go towards the ground that's what we normally do get a breakfast have a pint have a moose around town for an hour but then we normally just go up to the ground for about half 11, 12 like we don't normally mm. sit around like I'd rather be up the ground having a pint put a bet on mm. than sat around city centre what, pub, what pubs have you got around Goodison? well we go now to the Thomas Frost's which is a Weatherspoons. that's there on County Road um, Dad normally wants to go to the clock and stuff he knows a lot of the people from Everton Sports is Iger's go to? he would probably go there more if it was his choice yeah I think I've sort of persuaded him to come to Thomas Frost's yeah now. that's more where singing and stuff going it's just people that I know more that go there and yeah if Swanee and that went they'd be with me there yeah. as well the clock's got a few of the older lads from like the Everton Sports Club over here that they go there and that's more who we sort of would speak to before the match and stuff Yeah, but they're both next to each other side by side so oh. it's sound and then when we go to more towards the ground you've got the Winslow which is literally next to uh, Gladys Street there so it's a two minute walk from our gate oh, right, okay. so we'll just go there before the match and out before and uh, yeah then head in so obviously I know you got uh, a season ticket a couple of years ago so were you on a waiting list for that or was it a lot easier than expected to get hold of one no when I went for one um, Kermo had applied for one about three weeks before me and my mate and um, yeah, I remember him messaging him saying oh where are you up to with that because I remember my dad saying oh let's get a season ticket and I think it was when we started putting plans out to get a new stadium and he was like oh if we get a season ticket it'll be a lot easier to go you know last game of the season when it's the final game of games yeah. and things and it's just easier to obviously get to derby tickets and stuff um, so we wanted to go for it and I was like yeah I can do we're never going to get one and then I remember Kermode messaging me saying oh I've just got mine and he only applied a few weeks before me so then I knew that I was obviously going to be close to getting Good one so I reckon I got one month after I applied really? that, yeah. I know there's a waiting list now and I know that it's like record numbers that I like renewing every season do you reckon that's because of like the, everything coming with the new ground and stuff yeah, I reckon it's just, I mean, a last few seasons at Goodison, you're going to want to be there, especially mm. the last season, whatever happens. And um, obviously then when we do get a new stadium, pretty much guaranteed now, because yeah. we've had season tickets for so long that we probably will get on that in there for, with a season ticket as well. So I think that's why. So what were, you, what were you doing before you got your season ticket? Did you have like a members set up? Or? Yeah, we've got one over here. Um, it's pretty easy to get tickets for, to be honest. I mean, if you ask them well in advance, June's the one who mainly runs it there. If you ask him for a ticket, say him, few weeks before the game I'm sort you out three four weeks four five weeks whatever mm. and he'll sort you out yeah. take it uh, easy enough I mean most mum sister they're members there as well so she always wants to go to the derby and stuff yeah. as well even with my dad and I remember last year last season we uh, applied for five tickets and we got them all that's mad yeah <laughs> but you're not always that lucky it is you've yeah. got to get in there at the right time and they've obviously been members of it for a long time you just well. go to the last game every season as well the home game yeah, every season don't you dad, sister. yeah it's like a family thing because yeah. every time obviously I've mentioned like on the other episodes how hard it is to get tickets for us it's like it's not, you can get pairs and stuff but very rarely you'll get like three in a row or whatever and you're always like it's fucking mad how hard it is to get tickets like that because obviously it's a bit easier for you to get tickets isn't it but it is easier yeah I, mean, I, I kind of get like a bit I don't know if jealous is the right word, but they, you can get your tickets that easy and it's so hard to get tickets for us. If you want a ticket for a big game, so if you're talking Liverpool, yeah, and like them sort of games, it isn't as easy to get one. Mm. Uh, you look on StubHub and especially for Derby last year, it was a ridiculous amount. I mean, yeah. people charging like 250, 300. Yeah, that's I remember Benno asking for one. It was just a stupid amount of money mm. that you'd have to pay for it. I reckon with that and if you are doing better it is harder to get them I think it is just easier at the minute because if you are playing something like Palace at home what's on it yeah. absolutely nothing on it so that's why I think you can get tickets easier like yeah. our last game of the season this year that we tried to get tickets for and we did it was obviously going to be Bournemouth so yeah, it's not not too hard to get them no. one thing I kind of wanted to touch on kind of with the club in a whole is like um, kind of like what a lot of respect that I have as a Liverpool fan for Everton um, and everything they do in the community. Um, I think Liverpool have kind of got a lot better in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, things with food banks and stuff like that, and they're doing a lot more things for the kids and stuff. But Everton, Everton have always been really good at that, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, they always they win so many awards for it as well. But even things like, do you remember when Naismith was there? Yeah. He did so much for like the homeless and... When it was Christmas time, he was doing so much for them, and they just get they do do well. Like even when Goodison does go, I know they want to do something with Goodison. They're going to turn it into a park, and it's going to be some community centre. Yeah, and then there's an Everton community thing around from Goodison, 
I mean, they do loads, and it is just everything they do, even for the fans and stuff. Yeah. I mean, when it was uh, lockdown there, there was no more football. Like they rang me, or oh, we're going to refund your ticket. Yeah, yeah. You we can talk give about this that, to in the community if you want. So straight away, because it was so quick doing it, you give a percentage of your games to back to Everton community because yeah. you know that they're doing you a favour. You see other clubs struggling to get their money back and stuff. A lot of people kind of take the piss when you say, "Oh, the People's Club" and stuff like that. But I think you've kind of got to take you know, your red tinted glasses off, or whoever you do support, and say, you know. You've got to have a lot of admiration for Everton and what they do do in the community is great, isn't it? No, they put a lot back in. Like, a lot back in. Mm. And and the fans will probably give back and, you know what I mean? Even though he's haven't been that great over the years, recent years, you know, because they care about their fans, it goes a long way and that sort of thing's gone in football now, for yeah. me. It's all about money and... It's still a family club. Like, you go there and it's... Everyone just feels... Does it feel like that when you, go to the, when you actually go to the ground? No, it doesn't if you're getting beat like... <laughs> No, nah, I think... But no, in the pubs and stuff, like like a togetherness sort of thing. I just think like, when you go, everyone just cares about everything. Like, everyone wants them to do well. Mm. Everyone, I think everyone does kick off so much. You hear about everyone when they go to the match and like mm. they're giving the players a load of shit. It is because they care. Yeah. And it's not... It's just a family club. Yeah. And it needs to start getting better. Yeah, I mean, you kind of had that with the... Um, the Dogs of War they yeah. used to be called didn't they yeah. and they would kind of be like an aggressive sort of front footed sort of team where they would get stuck in you know Ferguson etc and you've kind of gone away from that maybe now do you reckon maybe that's where the fans are kind of like well, we've not got players in the pitch it's almost like when Ferguson took that the one the game job another couple of games three three or four yeah three or four games and the difference like the first game when they played against Chelsea you just got them all tackling yeah stuck in yeah just care about Everton and mm. get stuck in that day and they went out and did it and then it was the same we played um, Leicester in the cup we got beat on penalties but you beat, you beat Chelsea in that little run as well didn't you beat Chelsea drew of United then we had Leicester in the cup yeah I think we were one or two down we were 2-0 down and we got it 2-0 went to yeah. penalties and everyone just got back in stuck in that's something the fans can get behind I suppose isn't it that's what I mean, yeah. Like that's what it is at Goodison. Like everyone, I remember I listened to Ali last week, yeah. and he was saying how when he was at Goodison, like it's there's not a lot of songs and there's not a lot of chanting, but when when something happens, something Moments. big happens, yeah. When a big moment happens, a goal or you two 0 down, you get back to two one, and yeah. you're pushing for it. It's so loud and like the roar. I I like, I had to mention that I kind of said like tongue and cheek. I said you know we we have more of the songs and but you know. You probably don't hear those moments as much because recently you haven't been that great. But when you do win those games, like when yeah, you come behind, massive. beat Chelsea under Ferguson, etc., you, you have got a good atmosphere. Like, no one can take that away. Yeah, it does get intimidating. I we were 2-0 um, down against Watford uh, about two, three seasons ago. Went Silver in charge of Watford. And yeah. when we got, got it back to 2-1, it was Niasse who scored. Yeah. Just, just seeing, the scenes. It went off. Like, <laughs> it was so loud for that last 15 minutes. And like the roar, like basically sucked it in the net. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it literally was like that. And then when we scored, we scored in the last minute, and it was just, it's just their moments. Like it's not loud for the whole 90 minutes, but mm. when it is, it is. Goodison does have those moments. Yeah. I mean, kind of touching on that now. So obviously, you've got the new stadium on the docks to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Um, what are you most looking forward to about that? And do you look at these other clubs who've left their ground, so such as West Ham and Arsenal, and kind of fear about how it's affected them? I think. For us, it's good. I mean, we're going to hop off the boat now. It's next to us. Yeah, well, I'm, do you know what? Funny enough, I was saying that to the boys the other day. I was watching the boats going out, and I was thinking, so easy for you boys, isn't it, now? <laughs> You're not going to miss a boat. You've got no excuse. <laughs> class. No, I think, I mean, if you look at West Ham and stuff, they had that stadium built for the Olympics. Mm. It wasn't built it's not a football to be a ground, football stadium. And they've moved into that. So I don't really think you can compare us to us. I know Arsenal took time to get into it, but the fellow who's designing it, he's designing it to be the fans close to the pitch yeah like he's going to build it so one of the stands is almost like the Dortmund wall mm. it's going to be a bit like that like Spurs have kind of got that with their new ground yeah. haven't they they've got like a quite a big stand that stands out from the rest yeah I mean we're going to go from 38,000 40,000 to 52 I think it should be 60 mm. whether we'd fill that I still think we would yeah especially in a new stadium and a bit of investment on the right players and are they gonna, are they, have you seen much about like what they're going to have to do around the ground so obviously it's going to be on the docks 
pub wise and stuff like that. I mean, I know it's only going to be like a short walk into town, but they're going to have to build, you know, around I think the docks they are and stuff. Build things around at pubs, etc. I mean, I read something the other week there that's going to be fifteen thousand new jobs. So that's not going to come yeah. without investment around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was around there recently. There's not an awful lot around there where it's going. Mm. So they are going to have to pump money in, put pubs there. But you've got the city centre right next to it as well. Yeah, that's so it. It's, it's a new short walk, really, isn't although it? Although you probably do want to be around the stadium more. There will mm. be things to do there, and it will be a lot better. I don't really want to leave Goodison. I mean, I love going there still now. Yeah, like, yeah. You still go there now and you feel like you did when you were a kid. But it is probably time to leave at the same time. Like, you see what fans think when the away fans go there. Yeah. And they come back and they're like, what is I think, I think, yeah, I, can't, I think it's great. Like, obviously, if I was... In, if I put myself in your shoes, I think the only thing I would worry about is the atmosphere thing side of it. You know, these newer stadiums, it does seem harder for to get an atmosphere. Yeah. Whereas your traditional, you know, grounds like Goodison, you're closer to the pitch, it just feels more hostile. I think, you know, I look at it and think, you know, it's great for the city. You know, I'm not bitter about obviously he's getting a new ground. I think, you know, it's going to bring jobs. You know, it's. it's it's building Liverpool up as a city as well yeah. it's great for everyone um, but yeah if I was an Everton fan I think the only thing I'd worry about was maybe the atmosphere wise but you know it'll come like until you move you won't know and I think it'll be fine like I generally I think once you move it gives you a chance to invest more in players it brings yeah. a bit more excitement there I mean first season once you're there everyone will be what to play a part of it yeah and Although you don't want to leave Goodison, it will help maybe attract new players, more investment, bigger sponsorship, I mean, jobs. Ultimately, the atmosphere comes from the players on the pitch. If you're playing well, do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, if you, get, if you get the ground in, Ancelotti starts bringing in good players. You start playing better football, the atmosphere will come naturally, won't it? Yeah. I mean, even if we're new stadium, it's going to be nearly 15,000 more or whatever we're getting in now. Yeah. I mean, that's true. They got to bring more noise. Ups your avenue as well. How it's how it's built and whether it keeps the noise inside it. Yeah. But I mean, look at the pictures off what they've drawn up for it. Mm. It looks unreal. It does look good. Like it looks unreal. Like that there when you go on a Monday night or whatever or a midweek game is going to look so good. Mm. And it's going to look when you're coming off the boat. It's going to look a sight coming off the boat, yeah. even for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. To be fair, though, they've done up good recently. Like the, Machinery's put a bit of money into that on the outside of it. Like it has been done up, and it, mm. it looks a lot better than it did five or six years ago. He's kind of stuck to this project, isn't it? You know, when Machinery came in, I kind of thought it might have been flash in the pan sort of thing. But he's still there. But it's just putting the right money on the pitch. Yeah, which hasn't happened. So going on to the pitch, then um, Leighton Baines recently retired from the club and football in general. So obviously a legend at the club and one of the best left-backs in the Premier League, I'd say, in my opinion. Do you feel kind of annoyed that he's retired without winning anything at Everton? Like, almost he kind of, he's got like nothing to show yeah. for it in a way, honours-wise? Yeah, I mean... Because he's been such a great servant to the club, hasn't he? It's like that for a lot of players that have been there now, though. I wish he did win something, but then every season now, someone's leaving, you're like, oh, I wish they won something, I wish they won something. So last year, Jagielka left. Mm. I mean, he was there, uh, what, 10 or so years, captain, won nothing. Cahill left, won nothing. Yeah. Howard was there for four hundred odd games, won nothing. Baines did the win deserve to win something. He definitely is a legend. Yeah. I mean he's the best left back we'll probably ever have in my lifetime, Evan. He could have like, he had his opportunities to go to bigger and, clubs as well, Uniteds and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, there's rumours of that. He wouldn't have gone though. No. But like it must he's have, just classy man, like he never made it about him. Like look when he retired last week. Yeah. Uh or the other week there. I mean, it was just an announcement half an hour after the game. And that was him, gone, done. That was it. And I bet they were, I bet they were trying to get him to do another year. Yeah, they Ancelotti came out and said there was another year there for him. I think they want him in um, coaching staff or something like that if they can get him in there. Yeah. I mean, he's just a classy man. I mean, when we played against Leicester, when we went this season, he come off the bench and he got that screamer, didn't he? Yeah. Thirty yards out. I mean, he's just, he's still got it now. Like he easily could play for us. Hmm. Obviously, ages with him now, but he easily could play every week. Easily. See, I mean. You kind of look at it as well and say, even if you just won a League Cup, an FA Cup, just something yeah. to kind of show for it. It's the same for all of them, though. Like everyone that's mm. been there for the last, in the last fifteen years, that I've been there a long time. That frustrating as a fan. I find it is. I mean, you look at Cahill and you think legend. You look at Baines, you think legend. Yeah. What have they actually got to got show, to for, show it? for it apart from yeah, a few yeah. derby goals and more moments and wins. stuff? 
I mean, they are legends. You don't, you don't have to win anything to be a legend yeah. at a club, but it helps. Definitely. I mean, Ferguson, he's a legend at Everton, but he's got the FA Cup, and you've got that picture off Mortar Island, I believe, his little blue nose on. Yeah. I mean, Baines and that don't have that, and they probably did deserve to have something like that. Mm. I mean, we had the final against Chelsea. That's all of, as far as I've got. Mm. So, talking about legends and football, Andy Carroll. So, <laughs> so I can't have you on the podcast without talking about the FA Cup semi-final 2012. So I know you went to that. Andy Carroll broke your heart. Yeah. Explain. So I'm, I've not been to Wembley. So talk to me about you know your day up there and stuff. Is that the first time you went to Wembley? Yeah. So I went in 2012 for the semi-final. We all know how that went. Mm. Now it was good. Everything was good, obviously, apart from the game and after the game. Like the build-up for it was good. Um, we were looking for tickets for ages. In the end, one of my mates, you know what he, he, oh, got, yeah. he got two tickets for in the Everton area. Oh, right. And he had two tickets for Club Wembley, so he offered them to us, and they were like 200 and something quid each. Yeah. So obviously it was expensive, and I said to my dad, I was like, look, I'm not going to get many other chances to go watch Everton Liverpool in the semi-final of the FA Cup. I was mm. like, we'll take it. So we, we went, paid the money. First night in London, I only just turned 18 when I went. Oh, did so, you? Yeah. What time did you go? Just starting to go on the ale and stuff. So it was two months before, two months after I turned eighteen. So we had the first night in London because it was obviously so expensive. What he said, oh, you can stay in our room. So me, Ryan, and Watty, and my dad all stayed in this one room. We stuck in the hotel. (laughs) I put our bags in. Went out in London for the day. Went out at night, and then we I couldn't get anywhere because from everywhere we were pretty pissed. But they were like, oh, it's over twenty one only, over twenty one only. I didn't know that was a thing in London. And they're like, yeah, you're not coming in. So I said to my dad, right, I'll take you home. We'll go home. Took him home arguing with me you can't find the hotel where's the hotel kicking off. I knew he was pissed so me and him got on the floor in the hotel and remembering what he stayed out I wake up the next day and they're all in the bed the three of them and they let me in I'm like why you leave let me in the bed so we were out that day and th- th- we were in a big beer garden in the um, before the match uh, all the fans it must have been like three four thousand of us there mm. and it was, it was a good atmosphere and then obviously went to the game but the game was just Club Wembley just didn't feel like you. Is it felt bit, you like you were there, but it's obviously it's like the VIP box. Is it a bit corporate? It, it isn't there. Like you weren't supposed to. I don't think I did actually. I, I don't think you're allowed to wear Everton tops. Oh, People right. did on the day, but you're not supposed to wear forty tops. It's all VIP. Prawn sandwich brigade sort of. Yeah, it's not. It's it wasn't. We weren't sat with the Everton fans in it, but it was still good. Yeah, yeah. But, good atmosphere. But we were just sat like in that in that um, posh bit. My dad was still definitely pissed there. Um, <laughs> we sat next to the two kids before kickoff. These these two kids next to him and they were asking him something and my dad was eating a packet of crisps having a pint <laughs> I turned around look at the kid and there's all crisps in there <laughs> but we were like in, during the game we were just time wasting and stuff I remember we went 1-0 up 1-1-0 up in one minute didn't you was it one minute it was you went first half it was very early on so I remember it was like 30, half an hour in or something and Howard was getting the ball and just time wasting with it <laughs> like 1-0 up pure Everton fashion for it. that was it that was what Moyes obviously wanted to do 1-0 up and just hanging on mm. So I mean, I've listened to um, Carragher's podcast with Tony Bellio on the greatest games, and he was saying that um, obviously I think you were you were probably a better team than us there. You you know I think you were higher in the league. I think you finished above us that season in the league. I think we got to the league cup final. We won that. But uh, Carragher said that he, he remembers going up to Wembley and all he could see was Blues because he felt like Everton had a, the best chance they've ever had of beating us. Yeah. Felt like they had a better. Well, he definitely had a better team than us. When you walk up Wembley Way and like you look at it, it is just, and you know you're heading into worlds like that mm. semi final, whatever. It's massive. Like you get such a feeling inside. Especially if you go one 0 up in the first minute, you know. Yeah, but after that, look at it. Went one 0 up against Chelsea in the final, didn't mm. we? Um, a few years before. Yeah. Look at that turned out. And just it was just hanging back. Like every time we did do that, and then what was that? Was it just sat back on it mm. and hope for the best? It just wasn't ever going to work. I mean, as soon as Carroll come on, you could tell what was going to happen. It was like yeah. written in the stars, wasn't it? So I remember we, that going in, to be fair. It's just, you just feel sick. I went to the United semi final when we played United, and they scored in the last minute. It was at Marshall. Mm. And that was a month after I broke my leg. Oh, so right. I was yeah. there in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets we got were right up the top of Wembley, literally the last row. And I'm there in a wheelchair, hopping up all the stairs. I think I remember you going to that, yeah. Nightmare it was. Even that, like. You go there, that was Martinez's last season, mm. and you get to the semi-final, you've got all this hope, we absolutely battered them when it was, we were 1-0 down and we battered them, missed the penalty, got it back to 1-0, and you can only see one winner, it was us, last minute. Mm. 
same re- same repeat again. It just feels sick. Like it doesn't ruin the trip, but it does ruin the trip. Yeah, like, yeah. You're sat in the pub after it, where you should be like celebrating and having a great time, and you just sat there looking at each other, not speaking. Yeah, like it's shit. It's better, I suppose it's probably more heartbreaking for us. You know, Andy Carroll's it was nothing to us really. Then when we just signed him, he hadn't done anything. He kind of that's made him a kind of a cult hero at that time. Obviously, we all know how it ended. But yeah, it's like second and blow after second and blow for using those sort of games, isn't it? So close. That kind of defines the Moyes era, really, doesn't it? So cl- yeah, so close, but yet so far. Well, you've got that. You've got the FA Cup semi when we nearly got in the Champions League, the mm. FA Cup final. <laughs> everything but anything. Yeah. So. Touching on Moyes again then, so obviously he leaves the club in 2013 to go on to manage United. So his successor, Martinez, comes in. How did you feel about his time at the club? And you know, did you, Were you excited when he came in? When he first came in, I was dead excited. Like, I remember his when Ken Wayne sat him down in his interview hmm. for his first press conference and he said... Get you the champions. Yeah, right? Moyes said, I will save you from relegation. Martinez said, I will get you Champions League. And you just felt like... Famous last words. <laughs> we were close to it you were close I mean that first season probably honestly the most exciting season I've had as a fan mm-hmm. me personally in my lifetime because obviously so close near the end there like I remember we beat Arsenal 3-0 with about 4 or 5 games to go and that put us a point behind them and it just it just got everyone so excited once once we won that I booked every game for the rest of the season. Wanted to go and watch them. Yeah, you just went booked every game. Next one was Crystal Palace, so we booked that midweek. Got beat. So that mm. was that was, was out of the top four race straight away. <laughs> but with them four games to go, we couldn't have got close. Like at the start of the season, obviously brought in uh, Lukaku, McCarthy, mm. Barry, all on loan. There was that song going around. I signed the players on. Oh loan. yeah, yeah. But like, got them all, and they all turned out to be such good signings. Lukaku was superb, wasn't he? Like, I'm so with Barry. Mm. Barry was unreal. Like. You come in and you're like, oh, Barry, I didn't think much of him when he got him for mm. what we're getting him for. Was Mashiri in charge then? Or did he not come in then yet? Did he come in, like, during the time, maybe? Mashiri come in in Martinez's last season, I think. In and around then? It was Martinez's last season, because yeah. I remember... So what I'm trying to get at is he didn't really have lots of money to spend, did he? Because he got Lukaku on loan initially, didn't he? Yeah, so Lukaku was on loan, Barry was on loan. Um, we bought McCarthy at 15 million. Mm. And that was... Pretty much hit that well. He brought in Alcaraz, didn't he? Mm. Kone. I always remember using the Martinez having that really good spell in the Europa League. Didn't you play Lille or then? That was the season after. But the yeah. season, his first season was like, we played such good footy. Obviously, we went from Moyes. We did play footy, good footy down the left with like Pino and Baines. But Martinez had his passing from the back and yeah. we were just winning so many. We won seven games away in a row. Mm. Like, we never did. Like, look at us now, we can't even score from away from home anymore I mean that just got us going I remember going to the City game last game of the season for that and just you'd walk around the pitch and I reckon that's the lads of Ogilison I generally mean a one off them really? like singing Martinez's name when he was walking around and the next season obviously yeah we were on that European run to the last 16 and then we got beat by did you think yeah. then when he was in charge that you were going to go places or did you kind of just feel like he'd kind of done what Moyes did and just cemented his challenging for Europe did you think you'd go on to win a cup? Definitely thought we were progressing. Yeah. Especially that first season or so. The second one, a crap league finish, so mm. felt like we took a bit of a step back and obviously we signed the Kaku Barry and all that on permanent, so you felt like we were going to maybe progress a bit. But he didn't have much money. The first season, when we were doing so well, that was just a change. Like We needed to step up after that and we didn't. Mm. I mean, the third, his third season, which was his last one, got to their semi-final of the League Cup and the FA Cup yeah. but that was a crap league finish I think that was it then because it was two crap league finishes in a row they just watered them out then the fans I was on the fence Yeah, I was on the fence I, I would say give, would have, if we could have got the right manager in I'd have said got rid of him but we took Koeman yeah. and look where we went from there so I would have rather him had another season just to see where it went mm. but there was all names like Mourinho flying around when Martinez went so it was one of them so you touched on Koeman there, so obviously kind of know the managerial roundabout you've kind of had now, so you've had Koeman, then you had Big Sam come in, and then Marco Silva. So kind of take me through each of those managers and what big mistakes you make. So Koeman comes in, obviously we touched on Mishiri, he's bringing his money in then, he's trying to invest in the squad. What do you think his main flaw was? Just buying too much shite. Koeman was, <laughs> Koeman was just... 
a floor and get them. He bought the about end. five number tens, didn't he? Well, he... problem is you've got you bought Steve Walsh in mm. from Leicester. And I think thing is Walsh. Everyone bangs on about how he did so well at Leicester buying players. This is the fellow who found Kante and Kante, all that. Kante, Mares, and he possibly found Vardy. Mm. When he, he bought all them though for pennies. Yeah, yeah. He, he was finding them like whenever we find like Cahill, Pienaar, Baines. When they were buying them on bargains and Moyes was getting them and look how they turned out. Mm. Like brilliant players. As soon as we got money, we've been spending it on like 30, 40 million pound signings where there might be a 5 million sign that yeah, they yeah. could do a job. Like Gay, Gay was 7 million. I think Walsh that was one of his first signings mm. and he turned out to be unreal um, but Koeman just didn't want to be there I don't think I think he wanted to use it as a stepping stone to go to somewhere like Barca I think he yeah. did so well at Southampton had the chance to go to Everton with money if he spent it wisely and got his fifth, sixth that was him oh I'm going to go off and manage a big club we are a big club but you know what I mean yeah, Barcelona go somewhere back like that I think that's what he was yeah. pushing for I yeah, the really had the uh Red Christmas tree as well, didn't he? So he <laughs> didn't really start off well, did he? <laughs> no, I think with Koeman... Yeah, just... he did well at Southampton, didn't he? he I did, thought he was... did okay with us first season. Like We weren't going very well, and then I think we beat Arsenal 2-1, I think, when Williams scored the winner. Mm. And we we sort of kicked on a little bit after that and looked like we were doing okay. But the season after, we just the football we were playing, that's when we went into Europe and we bought Rooney, mm. um, Sigurdsson, Schneiderlin and all that Sandro yeah Schneiderlin was the season before in the January who else did he get he got Klassen yeah, yeah. we were buying all these players same position that's what I mean I always remember that summer he bought like four number tens and it was like where's the structure where's but he bought all them the idea we, we, we played I can't I don't know, whoever we played in Europe I always remember he getting battered by Atlanta I mean we got smashed by that yeah but I... whoever we played in the first game we only won because Sigerson scored that goal from halfway line and Hmm. maybe his debut I think it was and we looked crap like yeah. we did look crap looked like we just had no ideas and hmm. I think Koeman just struggled then to get anything out of us he started playing the ass even though the ass was outcast then he brought him back and then yeah we just struggled, struggled so, for ideas and we just didn't have a way of playing and we just bought the wrong players yeah they've all half of them are gone now and we've got nothing for them I mean the class went after a year played about four games um, and then you kind of go obviously when he leaves Big Sam comes in totally different style football obviously he was brought in for different reasons but it turns out he got him on a, a pretty high finish towards the end really for what he had to do we shouldn't have got we should have I don't know who we should have got but we should have got someone different mm. I mean that was always going to be trouble like he got us out of the situation but we put him on a year and a half contract and everyone knew he wasn't going to be there mm. after Everyone but him, by the sounds of it, because he's so he bitter never, about it now, isn't he? Never ever gonna stay there. You hear him like, on radio he, stations. He's so bitter about it. Yeah, he hates it, doesn't he? Like he full on hates it. But you knew he was never gonna stay there. You knew he was coming in just to try and keep us up. Hmm. And I don't think, although it was bad, I think we just panicked a bit. Hmm. I mean, his first game, well, when he was Unsworth obviously took it over before him for a few games, and that looked that did look terrible. Yeah. And then he, he had that West Ham game. Went to that where Rooney got that hat trick. Yeah. He scored that goal from like the halfway line. That was unreal, to be fair. Like not the way we played, just watching him score a hat trick and the goal moments again. Yeah, uh, but even Allardyce, he says, "Oh, when I come in, it was that West Ham game, but it wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't there. He, he was just watching that day. Like he's just got, he's just a bit. Yeah, gravy tits has kind of got his head up his arse, just, really, hasn't he? We weren't playing good football with him. Remember the derby? Yeah, when Calvert Lewin got that penalty, mm -hmm. we just sat back, had that one shot, mm -hmm. took the draw. Although the draw felt good because of what we yeah. did, we did fuck all in the game, but. But again, this is kind of what I'm uh, I'm trying to get at. You kind of there seems to be in the hierarchy of it, no idea of what you want to go forward. So you get you get Martinez in, he plays a certain style. Kuman very similar. Big Sam comes in, and then you get Marco Silva next, who was kind of an upcoming manager then, really. But what I was, did really want him. You did. Like, I was all for him coming. I remember when I was in Florida when we first put a load of money in for him when he was at Watford. Mm. I don't know if that was six million or so. We put something stupid in for him, and they were like, "No, he's not going." And then we put something like eight, nine million in for him. Like we really wanted him. Obviously, he got sat by Watford, but when he was available, like I just thought, "Who are we going to go in for now?" And if we wanted him that bad, Mashiri really, really wanted to get him. So I just felt like if if that's who he wants, that's who we should get. Mm. And even his first season, slow to get going with, but we just finished strong, just like we did with. Koeman in his first season we finished strong and 
season after, just again, just looked like we ran out of ideas. It got unlucky, like obviously we sold Gay, didn't replace him. We got that Gabam in. He's mm. been injured for the whole season, played one game, two games, if that. I kind of, I kind of look, I kind of compare, take kind of take Big Sam out of the equation there, because obviously we know what he came in to do, and compare Cumin and Silva, and they did. It's kind of like Everton haven't really learnt from their mistakes. They obviously want a particular style of play, and that's fair enough. But then they're going to hand these managers so much money yeah. in certain positions. I think the only one you can really probably say that's worked is Richarlison. Yeah, well, and it's kind of just buying bit part players with no actual structure and idea well, of playing. You buy Lukaku when he goes. Mm. We never replaced him. Yeah, like we never replaced him there. And ever since then, we've never really had a proper goal scorer. Who's coming now? I mean, everyone goes on, oh, Calvert Lewin's not the man, Charleston's not the man, but they're the only two that have scored mm. that many goals between them since Lukaku's left. We've yeah. never replaced him, and that's been a massive problem. I mean, Koeman there in his like, second season, you've bought all these players, signed Sandro, got Rooney back, and then we ended up relying on the ass getting the odd goal, mm. which. So, like, recruit, recruitment's really your main issue, and you're not the only ones. You know, United and Arsenal have both had it. A bad state of affairs when it comes to recruitment over the last couple of years as well. If Mashiri's wanting to build a stadium, he's wanting to build something big. Recruitment's such a massive thing in football now that needs to be looked at big time because in the last five years, I kind of think not enough. And this isn't me being biased at all, but I don't think en- enough has been made about how much money you you spend and you've gone backwards really. Yeah, but it's about taking that. I think now we have got Ancelotti. I can see where we're going to not go but I can you know he's already got rid of Schneiderlin mm. Martina Stecklenburg like they've gone obviously Baines has left but Baines isn't part of that but the dead wood are starting yeah. to like the Schneiderlin's of the go. world and stuff yeah, they're, they're, they're starting to go now and but it's whoever we replace them with we yeah. can't buy another player for 30 million 40 million and they're going to be dead wood yeah. we need to start buying players that we're going to be like bloody hell they're going to be the team for the next yeah. 5 or 6 years like the Richarlison players like that but Marcel Brand's come in after Walsh mm. and I don't think he's done too bad a job I just think it never worked out with Silva and because he's left it never really works out when a manager comes in halfway through a season yeah. I don't think I mean Ancelotti come in he's playing Sadibi right mid for the first six games it shows you how many options we've got he's kind of probably making a message to the board there more than anything like, right, right mid to be fair to mm. him but it's just that's not obviously not the answer we need to start buying players that are going to be there and bring us forward but Marcel Brands and the players that he's brought in I don't think have been terrible he's brought in Dine mm. Gomez Mina people split opinion on him Charleston mm. so the, the players that we are bringing in are okay but the everything around it's just a lot of dead wood I mean yeah. Davies so you said about Ancelotti coming in there so you is it an exciting time now to be a blue are you more optimistic do you think those sort of Mistakes that the club made in the past won't get repeated under Ancelotti. Because I'm not being funny. I look at it now and think, if you can't do it with Ancelotti now, you know something. It doesn't have to be in the next year. It can be in the next three or four years. But if you can't do it with a manager of his stature, you know you, you tried kind of every avenue. I just think if, if yeah, like you said, if it doesn't work with Ancelotti, then who is it going to work with? Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really good. Like everything that he's done so far. Like when we get beat, you listen to him. And he's, a lot of managers make excuses. He says how it is, doesn't that, he? That's a lot of what's happened at Everton. When something goes wrong, or we get beat and it's embarrassing, it, they're very quick just to be like, "Oh, it wasn't our day. We were unlucky yeah. here. Silver did a lot. We were unlucky there. We should have had a goal there. That wasn't offside. Things like that." Where Ancelotti will be, are we? To be fair, Martinez used to do it. I used to compare. Obviously, we had Rogers when you boys had Martinez, and they both. I remember it like. They used to just come out at the end of when games they'd lose, they'd go, Oh, this was it fault, that was it fault. Klopp and Ancelotti, they will just say oh, how it is. If it, someone's been shit or they won't yeah. name them, but if something's not worked out, they'll just go, Yeah, it hasn't worked. Well, that's, Martinez had no plan B, though. And mm. he would never admit that in his interview. He would always yeah. be, like you said, defending how they played mm. and stupid excuse. an excuse of why, why it was they got beat. Ancelotti excites me. You have to back him, though. If you back him, We've got every chance of getting up there and being successful. Mm. But if you don't back him, then what's the point of having him? There's no point bringing Ancelotti in and everything that he's won and saying there's 10 million mm. um, or sell to buy. 
which at the minute we'll see. Like I don't know who we're gonna get at the minute. We're linked to so many players. We always are, but yeah. it's, it's and Ancelotti is probably gonna get more time, and he deserves more time because Yakumans and Silvers haven't kind of reaped the rewards that he obviously has. Yeah. You've got, to, you've got to give him time. It's probably the toughest window ever because with COVID, he's not going to be able to maybe get rid of as much of the deadwood as he wants to and bring these players in. Obviously, not many people are spending and stuff at the moment. So it probably is hard, but you've got to give him time, especially with getting the new ground. You need to be playing some attractive football, getting into Europe again. I think he'll attract it. I mean, mm. if there's young players out there... They want to learn. ...good enough, and they're going to improve as... And we can go out there and say we want them. Mm. The fact that they can go train under Ancelotti, that should tempt them to come. That should be enough to say, right, I'll give it a go. Mm. That's why I think people like Charles and that they're going to improve so much underneath them. Yeah. And all these younger players, they're going to want to be there and want to stay and want to learn and push us up. I mean, we couldn't have brought anyone bigger in. There's no one bigger we could have got. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to get. Actually. Like, and if it doesn't work with him, you know, where where do you go as a club from there? You know, interesting one, really. I think you've just got to go back to someone like Ferguson and just make it. The thing is that, though, he won't be able to bring in players and we've got this money to spend. We've been moaning ever since Moyes was there about we need money to spend. How Moyes used to always go buy all these couple of million pounds on and these bargains. Maybe, like I said before, maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need a few bargains in with the more expensive signings and not just spending 40 million on players. yeah. So, like, say for like the last three or four seasons, you've kind of got to the end of them and thinking, you know, right, that season was shite, but, you know, next season we're looking forward to this and the other. And then, you know, you'll have another disappointing season again. Is that side of things come becoming the last couple of years quite boring as a fan? Like, you'll get to the end of the season to think, oh, you know, these last five, ten games, we're out of all the cups. I'll still say to you, we're going to finish fourth season after. I know you will. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, maybe now you have got a bit of optimism. The stadium, Ancelotti. Machinery's still spending money, isn't he? He's still spending money. I don't find it boring, but I know where you're coming from. I mean, I know after lockdown, we mm. had them, what, nine games to go? Yeah, yeah. After the first two, it was like, oh, we're doing okay here. As soon as we lost one, and just watching how they were all playing, it's like they didn't care, and it was almost, yeah, you were ready for the season to finish there, especially this season when you couldn't even go watch it. But we just need something where we are fighting for something towards the end of the season. And I think that's why Ancelotti was trying to get us this year to be pushing for Europa League, mm. to keep it interesting, to keep them going until the end of the season. So easy when you're mid-table. Yeah. Five games to go, nothing on it. <laughs> you can't really move up or down. Getting places. knocked out of the cup by Millwall and stuff early January. And it's kind of like your season's done then. Yeah, but that was, uh, that was controversial. <laughs> of course it was. So, obviously, knowing you come on the podcast, I did want to get your thoughts on... Liverpool winning the league so obviously with, with us being so successful recently do you kind of think that adds to the pressure on Mashiri to bring an end to the trophy drought the club has had because you know I'm I'm not being big headed or anything like that towards Liverpool but I'm trying to put myself in your shoes thinking so right we're right on the doorstep watching our neighbours being so successful now something's got to happen sooner rather than later all the money's kind of got to bring a cup back to Everton no comment no comment. <laughs> um, I mean, you were quite lucky this season, especially in, no. just the twenty odd points. But do you kind of do you, not a jealousy? But do you kind of think if something doesn't happen in Mashiri's time, if something doesn't happen, where do you go? Time, it is a failure. I mean, watching news. I mean, is it difficult? And I don't, honestly, I, I don't I, mean I, that in a biased way. I mean, I know like, I'm bitter. Mm, the ish. You all are, aren't you? Apparently so. I know I'm bitterish, but. Obviously, seeing all my mates when they do celebrate, I mean, yeah, I mean. Like, listen, the last two years, we've only been successful, so we have had our smaller drought. What I'm trying to get at is, it's been such, you know, you haven't seen a cup lifted in your lifetime. Walton went, you won the league, though. You did deserve it this year. I mean, no one one could take that that. away. Um, But does it become more harder than seeing it on the doorstep sort of thing? Is Everton kind of, and Everton fans trying to block it out? Me personally, I don't think it's harder. I think it's just because you have been to say a couple of say finals because we have got to the final. You just want to have their moments. Like I'm thinking back now, like I said before, Martinez's first season. Yeah. Like that's when I was really excited. I've never had that in a season since, really. Yeah. I mean, we've had the odd. Obviously, got to say final this first season. Touching that, but 
there's not been big moments or like big parts the of the season journey. where it's like this could happen there's a couple of big games where you think oh this could be good if you win this there's no period of a couple of months where you're thinking yeah wow this is going to be good because even if you because look at it when we got go on a big extended run yeah well like look at it when we got to the final and we got beaten Kiev by Madrid it was like yeah we got beaten the final but yeah, the actual journey the run to it the moments you know that's the sort of thing that you obviously as a fan base must be striving for and hungry for really that's what we want I mean with Mishiri coming in and having that money we just need to capitalise on it and yeah. if he did ever leave and we never used his investment to do something big or get to where we want to go it just seems like not wasted it but it's just a missed opportunity Yeah, and we should be up there 100% I mean the money spent and it's not all about money but you've kind of brought in you know you'll say Marcel Brands Walsh's so you feel like you are bringing in the right people you've had different managers in there maybe it, maybe it will that. click with Ancelotti and you'll get those journeys like this he's a European he's a European pedigreed manager for a reason isn't he yeah I mean this time next year when we've won the league yeah. won a couple of cups <laughs> I'll have to cancel this podcast off everything <laughs> <laughs> and chew my words. So finally, the podcast centred around going the match. So with every podcast we're doing, I want to end by asking what are your top three favourite matches you've been to? So it doesn't have to be based on the 90 minutes itself, but it can be something that happened during the day for whatever reason. So first, Everton 3, Liverpool 0. And I'll tell you something about this. I remember I remember this happening, the Andy Johnson, wasn't it? And I went to school, oh, crying my eyes out, because I've got, I had a few blues as well of a mate. And I'd cry my eyes out and I had to go home. I can't remember how old, how, what was that, 2000 and 2006, 2007? Around about then, isn't it? Around about then, yeah. Yeah. I remember going home crying and I couldn't face it. And that's probably because we were winning more derbies then. So we it was kind of. We weren't winning many, were we? <laughs> but when we do. So where were you sat, where were you sat for that one? in the Gladys Street you know where we sit now isn't it no I was in family enclosure for that one no so when Johnson scored his third and he put his fingers up for the 3-0 he ran towards us and I just can picture I can picture that goal hmm. of when it got headed in when Rayner was doing juggling yeah. and he headed it in and ran towards us and it was just I don't know like obviously take it for granted when you're watching it then at that age but we haven't had many moments against Liverpool hmm. since We've that's like an it. iconic derby really isn't it the Gosling game when he scored the winner obviously the Carsey one before the 3 nil. apart from that there's only the Cahill one isn't there Cahill Arteta yeah we haven't won anymore have we no <laughs> so there you go that's why it's just that's in my top three literally because I was young I can remember seeing the third goal moments again ran towards us and I just remember it and I've got the picture on the wall framed Johnson signed it where he's got the 3 nil. have you yeah and obviously I can picture that in my head like yeah, I you remember as well so it's just that's some games to go to to be fair isn't it but again like it's one of those games where Goodison probably is known for the atmosphere in those sort of games isn't it can you yeah, remember the atmosphere for that game because you're going to be young wouldn't you no that's why I can remember it for the first one that game I can remember you know when we were saying before the 1-0 against Liverpool yeah, where yeah. Carsley scored I remember that because it was just taking it all in oh it was bouncing like the place was shaking mm. like they say Goodison shaking it does shake when it's big like that it was just it's made of wood isn't it the 3-0 I remember the game, but still young. Like, yeah. still young. I can remember the Johnson. I remember us going two up, and I remember bits about it, but I don't remember, say, the atmosphere of the actual match that day. Yeah. Um, but I, just the bits that I do remember definitely put in. So, what's, what's your second? The next two are from the same season, so it was Martinez's one. Uh, it's ever, when we beat Arsenal 3 0. It was the Grand National that weekend, and um, so we stayed a little bit outside Liverpool in um, Widnes. Weekend on the Isle. Weekend on the Isle. Me and my dad went, stayed with us. I remember we were speaking to two Arsenal fans the night before in a pub. They were like, oh, we'll give you a lift down tomorrow to, the, to Goodison. Obviously, it's a bit of a drive. And yeah. So we got in the back of them uh day after towards the game. And they go, what's your prediction then? And I was like, we're going to win 3-0. And he was like, take my number. I took it. And he goes, you mess with me, you win 3-0. It's <laughs> happening. And I was just like, right, okay. Well, obviously, we needed to win that to be close to top four. Yeah, yeah. And it was 2-0 after half an hour or so and it was just bouncing and that's just like so much belief I've never gone out of a stadium yeah. feeling like that much belief ever like just four big things coming here and for that reason it was so just, did you text them? Oh, I messaged them yeah. pissing myself <laughs> <laughs> so got no reply oh of course you didn't the cockneys for you isn't it? 
and then obviously the next game after that was it was just last game of the season so because of that booked every game for the rest of the season so I wanted to uh, go to the Hull game which is away mm. so that was the last game of the season so I signed up to be a Hull City I remember this Hull City uh, it didn't work didn't you on the Hull City supporters club <laughs> so I could get tickets and all the other you just wanted to support someone else I can no, fuck that all <laughs> going down but uh, all the other man supporters club found out how many tickets can you get? I was like, eight, nine. I was like, I don't think there's a limit. I think I ended up getting something like eight or nine tickets. All right. And uh, they all come with us. And it was just, that, that day was just because it was a good weekend. Mm. We couldn't finish anywhere but fifth. We won 3 0, but it was just good. That was my first away. What's around that ground? Fuck all. Is it? Yeah, Literally you know, like a, it's like a communal area. Like Is a, it really? You know, like a community centre. Yeah. Where yeah. they just sell drink or something. Yeah. It's just something like that. Kind of bang in the middle of nowhere. 10 minute walk from the ground or something. Canal. All the away fans are in there. It's obviously good being there with all the away fans, but mm. it wasn't like. Because they share their, their ground with like rugby as well, don't they? So it's yeah, kind of a mismatch of a stadium, yeah. isn't it? But it was just that reason, that game. Um, so did you win that game? 3 0. Yeah. 3 0. And then because of that, that's how I ended up going to Wembley to try and get there for the mm. whole playoff final. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely trying to support someone else, telling you. The option was there. Yeah, I suppose, fair enough. And you had a bit of a story with that as well, didn't you? Yeah, so we were going to, we got one tickets from work to go mm. watch the, the rugby game. So we same weekend was the playoff final. I was like, oh, let, should we go watch that? Could get six tickets here. So people obviously don't go watch all, all yeah. the tickets I can get. So, like, yeah, yeah, let's go. So we went a day early and the fog came in so we couldn't get off the island. Mm. So we ended up landing and the kickoff already happened. We're like, will we make it to tax drive? I was like, yeah, of course you'll make it. I was like, I don't think we will. He pulled us up, honestly, about a 10 minute walk from him. He said, I can't get any closer. And I, I was still on crutches then from my leg. Oh, yeah. So yeah. crutching along to the, to the ground. <laughs> Got outside and all you heard was, and obviously scored. Everyone celebrating was going off. And like, nah, they've scored. Can't get in. It's five minutes to go or something. She couldn't get in the ground. Wouldn't let us in because they scored. Said no. So all the other away fans, or yeah. the away fans, but whoever they were playing, just, they all started flooding out so they wouldn't let us in. Fucking hell. What a nightmare. Touched all the way there. Sweating all From the Isle of Man <laughs> all the way to Wembley. Not Couldn't get in. So I think that's a good way to end the podcast there. So thanks, mate. Really appreciate you giving up your time today and coming on. No worries, mate. Anytime. If you haven't already, please subscribe, follow and share. And of course, leave a five-star rating.